Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. Welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome back. If you're new to the show, welcome to the party. If you're a regular, welcome back. I appreciate you guys. I hope you're having an amazing day. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me today. Our next guest is the CEO and founder at Kim Boudreaux Smith, Inc. Her Bold Voice Speaks. She supports women and teaching women to step bolder into their voices for any stage of their life. We had a great conversation. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear this because, you know, she's been, she's been successful in different things in her life. And now her focus is going into this and speaking and teaching and coaching. And I think she has a lot of value to add. So I'm really looking forward to you guys hearing this, especially you women out there. I know I have a lot of women listeners and I appreciate all of you. So I feel like you can get some good value from this and men, of course. We all get value from everybody. I get tons of value from women, tons from men. Whatever whatever it is you're seeking, I hope that I can give you value today. So sit back, enjoy. Kim Boudreaux-Smith coming right up. Kim, thanks for coming to the show. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. I'm excited to uh, to dive into all this. And I love hearing people's angles and and you know their perspectives on so many different things and i'm just so excited to dive into your story and what it is you're up to so before we get into all that i would love if you could just take us back and give us a bit of your backstory for everybody that doesn't know who you are and kind of tell us how you got to where you are today well when i was younger i used to organize the hops i know i'm just kidding <laughs> actually we were just talking about this the other day uh how i used to organize hopscotches and all the childhood games you know um it was it was so funny, which I think back now to this led me to where I'm at. So, uh, gosh, I am a, a corporate climbing ladder girl in my before life. I was very successful in the corporate world, hated every single minute of it. And I, th- I always felt like that um, wild animal that was put in a cage. So my fitness business, which I do not promote, landed in my lap and had a very successful fitness business. I, it's very toned down now. I still have that. Um, And then I stepped into the online industry and just said, I want to have an online business. And a lot of times when I can say things and and watch what others are doing, I can pretty much get myself there. Um, Met a woman, she was doing a publishing business and brought us all together in an anthology, a book. And that was my first step online. That was about maybe eight, nine years ago. And one thing led to another out of those books. I branded Bold Radio Station. I was one of the first women to launch an internet radio station, which is no longer. I sold that a couple of years ago and here I am. Wow. How was that? Insane. (laughs) Why would you sell that? It just (laughs) because it, it was so cool. It was such an amazing roller coaster ride. It was really cool. I had... 
I had no idea what I was doing, but I had ideas what I was doing. It's just, I just had a vision and an image that I knew that um, entrepreneurs needed, like, like yourself, you know, podcasters or our radio shows. It's a, it's a huge thing to manage. And I want, I had a radio show and I'm like, God, how many other entrepreneurs, especially women are out there that want to do this, but they don't have the time to manage it. So old radio station did all the managing, the producing, the editing and everything for um, the entrepreneurs. That's exactly what I do now. That's exactly what my career is too, is we, we do like done for you podcasts for people. So that's really interesting. So you, so you, did you find it to be like, cause it's, cause I mean, there's just so much room now for growth in this industry. You know, was it just sort of like you wanted to put your focus more on what you're doing now or, or was it, did it become too much work or what was the reason? Uh, well, I had the station for just about, I was just under six years. So I'm going to be very transparent. So the yeah. first, the first year that internet radio station, I drove it to a six figure business. And so many entrepreneurs want to be there. So I'm going to tell the, the, the good, the bad, the pretty, and the ugly around that one. Awesome. So the first year, every dollar that came out, $2 went back on in, so to speak. Equipment, I had a team because I couldn't run a station by myself. Second year, every dollar that went in, a dollar, um, a dollar, every dollar that came in, a dollar fifty went back in. Third year, I broke um, even. Fourth year, I made a profit. Fifth year, I made a profit. So I sold it on a profit. The reason why I got out is because it became so big and this industry was changing. I mean, like within nanoseconds, this industry was constantly changing. And podcasting was around back then but it was becoming huge. And a lot of people didn't want to be on live radio because our shows were live. We recorded them and they became a podcast, but it was live. And the word podcasting was starting to overcome me. So it was just time to move on. Okay. This is very interesting. And I just, there's just some areas I want to, because there's like, I feel like now there's that shift of because it's funny with my show is that I'm thinking I want to do it live now to have that like real raw aspect because I almost feel like that shift happened, but then it's almost going back to that radio sort of live feel to it. That's why I find this so interesting is because I feel like people almost crave that like, well, what are they going to say? You know, what's yeah. going to happen? Yes. Yes. I like that live aspect. I was, in fact, I'm, I'm, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts and I was, I saw a post earlier today over my cup of coffee, someone asking for more podcasts because they're doing some kind of challenge. I need a podcast and some person responded with these multiple podcasts. So I pulled up my phone and I went to this one podcast and I do believe these, it, it was multiple women that were hosting this podcast in a front of a live audience um, overseas, over in the UK. Um, I think they were in the UK. Uh, I thought that was so cool. What I liked about live radio is it's, it's, we're human beings. It's raw. It's live. You know, you could be off for the day. Maybe you're hiccuping over your words. Well, we're human. We do that. A lot of my hosts wanted their shows cleanly edited and we would not do that because um, my producers were very professional. And they said, you don't sound human when it's cleanly edited like that. We don't present. We don't live like that. So that's what I love about live radio, all the hiccups and the fun and the laughter and the good, bad and everything that goes with it. So, okay. So talk us through now. So now you, you empower women, you, you help 
women get over fear. Can you dive into that a little bit? And what made you want to transition from that, from what you're doing to this? And how are they connected? Uh, well, that's a great question. So when I, after I sold the internet radio station, my husband and one of my very dear friends, colleagues, um, Sheila Kennedy in Rochester, New York, um, they held me accountable to be able to step back and breathe and settle down because I'm a real, let's get on in there and let's do it. And so my personality, I'm an ex-high impact aerobic instructor. My personality says, go, let's go, let's go. And it was like literally going, okay, I can slow down. I can breathe. I can do, oh my God, no, I can't. And they held me. I mean, they literally held me to it. So what happened in the midst of that is I went through a period, Lance, where all, everybody would get up on a Monday morning and they would go off to their brick and mortar job. You know, I would watch my husband leave to go to his brick and mortar job. And um, at that time, I didn't know you, but you were in um, Canada and getting up and going to do clients and all that. And I sat there going, oh my God, everyone's going on with their lives and you're forgetting about me. I'm like that kid on that baseball team that walked away and they're not going to choose me again. So I started blogging. I started literally writing about this whole transition because I went from a real, you know, six figure making fast paced business to, oh my God, now what? And personally, my husband and I, we don't have kids. We have dogs. So it's not like the kids are screaming to drive me to a soccer thing. So I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? I started blogging and I blogged for about a year and a half, I still, I dabble in the blog. I really don't have much time right now to consistently um, blog. And I said, you know, I really want to get back outside here in my backyard because I was online so intensely for years with the station. Uh, I wanted to, I, I was feeling off balance. So I wanted to do something here. And my friend, Sheila, that I referred you to, sent me a link one morning via Instagram. And she goes, your name's all over this. And I looked at it and went, oh, okay, no brainer, I'll dive in, which my personality, I can dive in. I, I like to take some risks. And it was a third party speaking thing for women. Hmm. And I partnered with another woman here locally. It called the She Hive. And it's, it's, the She Hive is a, a collective and a collaborative where women can come and feel and belong. And launched that. And there was a couple classes into it and something was not feeling right. Um, my gut was off there was, it was off. So I went to her and said, not only am I going to protect my reputation, but I have to protect the she hives and the owner's reputation. And I said, I want to realign all of this, rename it and change up the curriculum. And before I can even finish my sentence, she goes, go do it. So I relaunched it. Herbal voice speaks. It's a nine month speaking curriculum for women to step into and bust through those fears, bust through that hag in the attic, that inner critic. So they can communicate effectively on any stage of their life, really unlock and enhance their voice. Mm, I love that hag in the attic critic. Yes. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's funny because like you don't even have to explain what that is. It's like, I get it. Hag in the attic. You know, so is that basic? that's, you know, people's limited beliefs, essentially. Yep. And, and it's the mindset. It's that, that's that inner, that, that voice in the head that hold, keeps you small, holds you back, you know, loser, you know, don't yeah. go in there. You don't have enough education. You know, it's that whole, that whole voice. And quite frankly, that's the biggest, boldest um, voice, if we allow it to be the biggest, boldest voice. But 
So I've launched that. I do a lot of coaching. I help women um, get their pitches together to go pitch here locally in the Detroit area for money. Um, I also am a business coach where I help women become more visible in a very noisy world that we live in, you know, within their businesses, which is all part of their voice. But you know, I've, I'm a published author. I've pulled together anthologies. I've led three anthologies that we've taken to um, bestseller, and one of them's a number one bestseller on Amazon. There was women's voices through writing, and then I had the radio station, which was women's voices through the, their shows, and then now I'm physically, verbally teaching women through their voices. I've been doing this a long time, and I found a, a journal back in 1998. I was going through a, a close head injury. Because I fell and I hit my left side and lost hearing and lived in vertical for three months. I was waking up at four o'clock in the morning from these vivid dreams journaling. And I found the journal this past year. Hmm. And back in 1998, I was talking about women's voices back then. I mean, it really knocked me off my feet. I'm like, gosh, Kim, you've been talking about women's voices for like forever. Yeah. Wow. Well, so what do you feel is the number one culprit though, like as far as that is stopping people, like, is it, is it the fear of, of, of failing or is it, you know, what do you, what do you find to be the pattern amongst women in general for not wanting to do that business or that speaking or to take it to the next level? You know, like what, what do you find is the number one culprit there? Well, the women will walk into the class and they'll say, you know, um, I don't have confidence to speak and I need to build confidence. And so I want to clean that, that slate right there. They do have confidence. They, it's a, a confidence is a muscle. It just needs to be worked. We need the skills to work that muscle. And we need to be working that muscle every day because, you know, you could be walking down the street and it's one of my favorite things. Here's another thing I talk about. One of my favorite things I talk about is OPOs are other people's opinions. So it's, it's worrying about what other people are going to think about these women uh, is it is societal pressures of what's been put into their heads over the years. You know, it's the shoulds. You should sit like a lady. You should crush your leg and, and be like a lady and you should not curse because you are a lady. It's those societal shoulds that women take on and then those shoulds feed the hag in the attic. So then that hag in the attic becomes bigger. And that's, that's what, that's what holds them back. Mm. So what are things that people can do to build their confidence? Like what are some things that, that they Speak. can Yeah. Talk, just talk. I mean, be on your show, but be prepared and, but be on your show. Or um, one of the biggest things that I see that really gives women, I call the B12 shot of confidence is um, that elevator pitch crafting your elevator pitch and I don't care if you're a business owner or if you're in corporate or if you're in transition you need an elevator pitch because um, what I see a lot of women do when I'm out networking is they get in their heads and you for, so for an example you go around the room you have 60 seconds I've seen women take five minutes and you have 60 seconds so what happens your whole message has been diluted and people don't remember you and that's a missed opportunity so I start a lot of women a lot of my clients I start with Okay, elevator pitch. And if their elevator pitch is not locked down, that's the first place we'll start with coaching is that elevator pitch, knowing who your ideal client is, target audience, and then who are you pitching to, as opposed to becoming a jackstress of all trades and a mistress of mastering nothing. You know, you're, you're all over the place. So it, that 
that right there just gives so many women confidence. And, you know, stepping into maybe a class, like, for an example, like what I'm teaching, it, it is not just about speaking. I, I mean, I create a very sacred and safe environment for women to really peel back and to really drink that confidence and become stronger and become bolder with their voices and to learn how to really speak up. Yeah, I, I, I can't agree with you more because just for my, I can only speak for myself through the podcast, how much it's helped my confidence, you know, doing over a hundred episodes now for me, it's like, I never thought what was going to happen was going to happen from doing this over and over again. And it's amazing how that does happen. And all of a sudden you become more confident and just by doing something repetitively, you could become better at it. Like anything, right? It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. People yep. see people's success at what they're doing. They think, oh, wow, like they make it look easy. It's like, well, no, they had to work at it for a long time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of people right now um, telling me because I, I'm, I'm all about women's voices and people will say, well, we're not hearing your voice that much. So here, I, real, sarc- you know, real sarcastic. Well, you want to hear my voice? Pick up the phone. Give me a call. Let's play old fashioned. If you're out of the country, reach out to me. We'll get on a Zoom call or something like that. But I have a lot of people telling me right now, I really need to be hosting a podcast. Well, let's talk about the podcast for a minute. They're right. They do need to hear my voice. But there's so much work behind that podcast. There's a lot involved. And just because your followers, Lance, are to this point of hearing, watching, and listening to us, there's a lot that goes be in behind the back end before you actually get this and take this to the platform and launch it for listening. And I think people lose sight of that. It's the same thing with anything in business. It takes practice, which does not make perfect. I don't like the perfect word. Practice makes progress. Practice makes better. And you just have to just get on in there and just do things. Yeah. That's, that's just so true. And as you, yeah, as you start to evolve, you start to realize that like practice, there's never perfect. No means ever perfect at anything. And it's such a false, it's such a false statement. It, it makes you better and the confidence. And from that, you attract so many more positive things into your life as well, right? When you're doing things that allow you to vibrate at that higher level, which comes from confidence, right? Yes. yes. Like that, that, that low vibration is you know, the shame, you know, the guilt, that, that low vibration is playing small. That's where our hag in the attic, which we have trained her and we have allowed her to keep us there. It, we need to switch it. We can't get rid of her. We need her part of the baseball team, but we have to learn how to manage her. So she's not controlling us. So it's kind of like the ego. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's calming it. So what are some practices that people can do to kind of calm that, like use it and kind of learn to use it in a positive way instead of letting it use them? I like to have conversations with um, my hag. Um, For an example, a couple months ago, I was driving um, just south of here and I was going into Ford Motor Company. You know, I'm in Detroit, so we're the big three of the automotive industry. And I was going to be a keynote and I you know, I've, I've got the nerves as I'm driving down the expressway going there and I get there early and I, it was, it was in the summertime I turn on my air conditioning and I just, I, I leaned back in my um, seat and here's a lot of things that I do. This is free. We can do this anywhere. 
deep breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth, in through the nose and out through the mouth. It really cleanses and grounds the body. Um, I also was telling her because she was saying, oh my gosh, you know, you haven't been in corporate in a while. You know, it's been years since I've been in corporate. Do you really belong you in corporate? Now you're going to deliver these keynotes to, you know, I mean, these people and oh you're not dressed properly I mean the that's what my head was telling me and I'm like okay hang on time out okay girlfriend girlfriend you know what I I need you part of the team but right now you need to go in the back seat help me manage the other emotions and I'm okay with the way I'm dressed so I have a dialogue I have a dialogue with with her um a lot of the other things that I like to do is um form of meditations and that meditation can be coming multiple ways. It can go outside and fresh air is huge for me. I get outside fresh air. Or you can sit, put on some headsets and do a guided meditation. Or a lot of times I just sit in the morning with my cup of coffee and I'll just stare outside. Meditating to help keep yourself calm. What happens when that heck starts getting out of control? For me personally, and these are my opinions, um, um, is my anxiety is going up. And then I can't, I feel like I'm out of control and I cannot quote unquote control, which we cannot control anything. We can only manage. So then I know to step back and go, gosh, Kim, what do you need for yourself right now in this moment? Do I need to reach out to a friend to have a dialogue and vent and just get this off? Or do I need to sit down and write my gratitudes of where I'm at right now? Do I need to go outside and go for a walk? Do I need to go pet my dogs? I'll ask myself that because I don't want her that hag, she takes me to that rabbit hole and then she kicks me down that rabbit hole and I do not want to be down that rabbit hole because it's dark, damp, cold, and it's lonely. Mm. Very interesting. I love that. I like hearing that perspective because it's so true because we need that. And I even do that myself. Like, hey, why are you thinking like that? Like, okay, I understand what you're doing right now. You're trying to keep me safe, but like, let's, you know, I'm good. <laughs> I got you know? this. I, I got, got this. I, all right? I got this. I I'm got a big this. boy now. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Well, like what has been one of the three, so you've obviously you've, you've done a lot of different things and different careers, different paths. What's been the number one struggle for you over the years um, that, that you've had to like that constantly revisit to keep growing and instilling into yourself? Oh my gosh, there's, that's a huge question. There's a lot. Um, not worrying about what other people are going to think about me. And, you know, there are days, Lance, I'm like, I got this. And then there are days if I wake up and I'm a little tired, um, when I'm tired, I, when I don't, I, I need eight hours of sleep. When I'm tired, my confidence comes down a couple notches. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm feeling unaligned. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm off. And, you know, with that confidence down, then I'm thinking, oh God, what did I do? And then I'm worrying about what other people are thinking. It's so funny. You know, when we start thinking about what other people are thinking, other people's opinions, dang, we don't know what they're thinking, but we put weight into it. I I know what that person's thinking walking down my street, but we, (laughs) we will put weight into that. So that's been an ongoing, uh, challenge. Here's another thing that I do. Um, intuition, gut, not to second guess it. I get in trouble every time if I second guess it. Mm. So those are some of my ongoing, um, 
things that face me every so often. Some days I'm strong, I got it. And some days I'm like, ooh, what's going on here? Oh, I know exactly what you mean. And those are the days you end up drinking too much coffee to try and feel better. Yeah. And it's like, you're <sighs> like, oh. No. And then the, there's some days where you're, you're just a line and you're like, I don't even need these other things. I'm feeling good. Yeah. I'm on my game. And I'm, on, it, I'm on my game. And it's challenging when you're in this, these kind of businesses, especially with you and you're dealing with people, you're trying to help them raise their emotions, feel better. And if you're not feeling it, it's like, whoa, same with yeah. me. I get on the show sometimes and I'm like, oh man, I don't, I'm not feeling it today, you know? And then I got to do whatever I can. And I'm just so grateful for the moments when I'm just like, yes, you know, when things are flowing. Yep. You know? yep. That's part of being a human being. Totally. You know, we, we, it's not, I mean, I, I'm not even quite sure, you know, what's the highest level of um, conscious living. I, I think Buddha and Gandhi was, you know, just was, managed to get right below it. I don't think we ever arrived there. I believe in God. I think that God is, is there. And I don't think any of us can quite achieve and arrive to that. And I think if we do, I do believe we are complete and we're standing in front of him. Um, but the, you know, I'm a big Brene Brown fan. I oh. love Brene Brown. I love it. You know, when she says it in the vulnerability arena that there, all there is is courage. There's no room for shame. So if you're trying to stand in the arena of that vulnerability and that courage and everything, and you're feeling shame, you're out it's impossible. You cannot have both. And those are those, that lower consciousness, that lower vibration are those, you know, that shame, the fear, um, you know, the anxiety, the depression, we're such an anxious driven um, society, you know, and it's, it's how it's just keep raising those vibrations. And they're, it's like, you know, they're never up the strong. I mean, they, they go up and down, but it's staying in that vibration. It's staying in that vibration. Why do you think in the past vulnerability was considered a weakness? Like why was that like that? And now it's considered more of a strength, like sharing your story empowers you and it powers other people, you know, but back in the day, like I remember even growing up, it's like, well, no, don't tell them that or you're, you're weak. Why was that? You know, and, and why do you see that shifting now? Well, I think due to Brene Brown, I mean, yeah, she, I think, sure. you know, I mean, my gosh, I mean, that's been her whole PhD, her dissertation. That's what she's known for and everything like that. Um, I, I think, you know, you, you and I are in, right now, as we are sitting here on two different countries, how cool is that, that we're looking at each other face to face, you know, because I mean, sure, I could get on my landline and call you if I don't have a certain type of a plan that could cost me a lot of money but this technology has been so beautiful i and i have i said this when technology when the internet came out and you know was really starting to rock and roll and stuff i said you, you oh my god ooh let's watch how americans can uh, not americans how human beings can bastardize this cuz we do we bas- there's people yeah. out there we bastardize everything and but yet the beautiful side of this is this this interview, it, yeah. you know, this connection, but a lot of people have gotten so absorbed in this connection. It's a screen. Mm. And I think that vulnerability is getting out and getting to that face-to-face connection. And if you don't have that opportunity, the face-to-face connection is one of the things I started doing this year is every time a woman delivers her um, first five minute speech, cause she has, they have commitments in my course. I send them a handwritten note 
And every time I think of someone who has been very influential in my life, I sit down, I send them a hand, snail mail. I put a stamp on it and snail mail. I'm good old fashioned. And the response that I get, and first of all, it makes me feel wonderful, but it's so cool to watch the response from people. Uh, I just think that this is this whole technology is so convenient and, and I love it, but we also need to come away from the screen and really sh tell our stories. This is how we human beings connect, you know, and tell the story from the powerful self that we are the, to empower others, not from a victim standpoint, but from the powerful self that we are. It's important. Mm -hmm. That's how we all connect us through our stories. Absolutely. Do you do, do you, do you challenge some of your clients to do like go lives or stuff like that? Or is it all kind of in person or? All of the above. A lot of yeah. them have online businesses and they're doing Facebook lives and things yeah. like that. Yeah. So it just depends upon what their personal wants and needs are. Yeah. Um, some of the women that walk in. So my evening class are a lot of women that are, um, are, are daytime nine to fivers and might have a side gig hustle a lot of them are holding back and maybe male dominant um, industries that they work in so my class is helping them learn to um, speak up and what they have to say is very valid a lot of these men are you know hanging on the edge going can, can you talk and you know they want to hear they want to hear so yeah. yeah it's it's so good for healing to be able to speak I feel like I've noticed that just speaking your truth, you know, and learning that it's okay. And knowing that somebody's listening, it just, it's just, I, I mean, of course, you know, but for me, this is something new for me discovering it. It's like you get a high from it. Yes. You know, and I, I discovered this by accident when I had, to, when I was actually forced to speak in a, in a public environment, I used to run bars. And then like, I had to one day speak in front of all these managers that I wasn't expecting. But I knew what I was talking about. So when I did, I was nervous. But then I was like, wait a minute. And all of a sudden, this power, this empowerment came over me. And I was like, I love this. And after you get this rush, this high, and it's like, ah, I get it now. Yeah. Yes. It's you know, and I'm going to add to that because, you know, not everybody, you know, there's, we have a lot of um, people that are, want to speak, but you know, I mean, not everybody is so outgoing. So I, I, yeah. I'm a big proponent on making sure um, if you're an introvert that you have some self-care practices um, set up after you've delivered, you know, after you've done a presentation or after you've delivered a, a keynote or, or had a very intense one-on-one -on -one conversation, make sure there's some uh, self-care practices set up. What kind of self-care, what does that mean to you? Like what is self-care to you and like what can people do for that? Um, well, I'm a big proponent on if you are an introvert and you have delivered this outgoing, amazing presentation for whatever or keynote speech is, make sure that the rest of the day is not booked with things. If you are not in, in that position, because maybe it's, you've done a presentation at your job, make sure you have downtime after that presentation, go into an office, close the door, take some deep breaths, do a little bit of meditating, you know, rejuvenate yourself. Cause that's a lot of energy when we present and we speak, we're giving. And mm -hmm. if you're an introvert, that takes a lot out of you. Um, Self-care practices for me are turning in, Turning in like we were just talking about a minute ago when um, my hag is ramping up. I, I just, I, I stop and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. What do you need right now, Kim? You need something right now. And then I am able to turn when I do that. I'm able to turn to my head and go, okay, girlfriend, I got this. Take a seat. 
I got this, take a seat. And then I make sure um, that I go take my self-care, whether it's sitting down and writing down five things I'm grateful for in the moment, or maybe it's a blog. I'm, I, I listen to what my body's craving. Maybe I have to go out of my home office here and go lay down on the couch and turn on Ellen DeGeneres for 10, 15 minutes and just turn my brain off and just watch her. I'm very in tune. So self-care is um, not just going to get massages or manicures. And don't get me wrong, I love that stuff. But it's really being able to turn in and tune in in what you need. Mm. And, and how does somebody even understand that though? How does somebody even figure out what they need. Cause I find through meditation that sort of shows up, you start to get to sit back and go, Oh, okay. You're more of the observer. You know what, how do, how do people develop that if they don't know what they need? You know, like. That's a good question and shows <laughs> over. I don't have, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, that's, you know, that's a, that's tough. If you don't have, um, if you don't, if you're, sitting here saying, I don't know what I need. Trust me, you're not going to know yeah, what I need. Totally. If you're, and I just went through this the other day. I woke up, I was tired. It's been a, it's been a really intense week with pre presenting and presentations and stuff like that. And I was, I think if I, my head wasn't attached a couple of days ago, I would have left it somewhere. I was that yeah. tired. And I kept saying, gosh, I'm really tired. Gosh, I'm really tired. Caught myself. Stop saying that, Kim. Except the fact that you've been work, it's been a tough week, and yeah, you're a little fatigued. But let's put those words to rest because the more I said it, mm. and it's like only ten o'clock in the morning, the more tired I became to the point where I, I, driving was bothering me. So it's I think we need to help change up the dialogue of saying I don't know what I need. I don't know what I need. Well, you're not going to know what you need if you keep telling yourself you don't know what you need. Yeah, you know maybe it's it's slowing down and sitting down, taking some deep breaths and accepting yourself by simply allowing i may not know what i need right now but this is where a higher power comes in in form of a meditation or prayer you know whatever and just simply saying i surrender and please for the guidance for the guidance show me what i need but it's really coming in and being in tune with your with your body. My doctor says I'm way too over in tuned with my body, but I've always been like that. And I, mm -hmm. it's a practice and it's, it's a practice. And I think you need to surround yourself with people who are very in tuned with themselves. Mm. I agree. Is there, okay. So say someone, th this intrigues me too, because you see people get on stage and speak, you know, is there like a top three things you could suggest to people that are just getting ready to go for a speech and just be like, okay, these are the checklists or this is what I should do. Because I feel like everybody's trying to figure that out. You know, what the best way to prime themselves for that speech or whatever it is they're doing. Well, first of all, be prepared, never memorize, be prepared, never memorize, be prepared. So practice. Um, I, I support my ladies that when they're, um, presenting, it's okay, depending upon the situation and the, the whole format, it's okay to come up with maybe some note cards in your hand with an outline. So, mm. you, so you can task at hand if you, and God forbid, if you forget anything, see, that's what happens with the memorization. If you forget something, then you're like, 
because you've memorized. But just be prepared and practice. I teach a lot of pre-stage rituals, and the pre-stage rituals you can take absolutely anywhere. I mean, sitting in rush hour traffic, if it's driving you crazy, you can do some of those pre-stage rituals to calm you down. So have some pre-stage rituals in your back pocket. One of them, one of them is the deep breath that we were just talking about. I mean, mm-hmm. make sure you're breathing. You know, shake that energy. Take that energy from that's up here, up here where the fear and the nerves and all that live. And you want to get that energy back down into the body, Mm. you know, so that you are able to speak from that heart and not from the head. Um, And I'm sure the best of the best, like Jack Camfield and um, rest in peace, Wayne Dyer, I'm sure they all had sensations every time they do present because you know it's a new audience it's a new venue you know so the the environment changes and i'm sure they have their little um things that they to do i'm a big powerful um intentional i am affirmations statements Mm -hmm. very intentional ones you know and just having that dialogue before you walk out yeah i love that i i'm a huge tony robbins fan so i've been to his events and he just like there's something about him but he even talks about this, this was create, he had to create that person. Like it wasn't like it was just, wasn't just born that way. And I feel like the more you do it, like you, you really have to craft, you have to have that responsibility. I mean, not everybody's going to have his energy. Not everybody loves him, but I respect, I respect how somebody can understand that what it takes to prime themselves mm-hmm. to get to that level that you want to be at. Cause you're not always going to feel like that, but there's, you got to have that responsibility and that self-awareness that you're speaking to these people. You need to get yourself to that level, whatever right. it takes. Right. Right. Yeah. See, I like, I'm a real old classic rock and roll girl. Give me Aerosmith any time of the day. I can't play that though, before I'm getting ready to speak. I need things ah. calm, cool and collective and quiet. So I can manage myself before I'm walking in. Cause when you walk into an event or a venue, you're going to be around people. I mean, things are going to be going on. I need calmness before I, <laughs> before I walk in. I'm laughing because a couple, uh, a few weeks ago I, I was, invited to do a two minute pitch on my business with this organization that I belong to. And it's two o'clock in the afternoon. I have not showered yet. I have to be downtown Detroit by five o'clock. I have not showered. I have painters in my house. I have painters outside my house. We just had the windows. I mean, it was chaos. And I'm going to tell you something. You can, my husband will verify this as I'm walking out the door. He's like, Oh, good luck. Have fun. I'm like, yeah, I'm real. See that I'm real. But thank goodness I had a uh, 20, 25 minute drive, no music on to be able to settle myself down. Once I parked my car, walked across the street and got into the venue, I was good to go. Mm-hmm. But I know that I need that calmness because um, I'm going to be entering and talking with people. Everyone's different. I, I mean, someone like Tony Robbins with the level of energy. Um, I don't know, maybe he's jamming to um, some intense music before he comes on the stage. I mean, a lot of these high, high, high profile people, it's also part of their lifestyle. It's not before they walk on that stage. Yeah. It's how they're caring for their bodies. It's what they're putting in their mouths. It's what they're putting into their heads. It's what's going, you know, because I'm a proponent. I'm a big believer. What goes in, it's got to come out. Yeah. You know, so, and it takes... You know, Lance, I really want to get this across to your listeners is if you want, if you want to be this dynamic um, keynote speaker, then you have to have a dynamic personality. Mm. 
I teach my ladies, you know, because I've had ladies come in, I'm like, but I want to speak like Michelle Obama. Well, dang, you're not Michelle Obama. You know, speak, let's find, let's find your niche and let's find your signature. And then we can really caramelize that because mm-hmm. you put me on a stage in a microphone, I move. My farms are flinging. I'm moving because I'm an ex-high impact aerobic instructor. I get on that stage and I'm moving like I'm teaching a high impact aerobic class. I don't expect everyone to do that. <laughs> People have to find what works for them in order to, del- to deliver whatever it is that that is the presentation, the speech, the one-on-one conversation. Yeah, for sure. I could see you doing that aerobics instructor. Like once that's in your blood, it's like you're like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you see some of those those old aerobics videos, like back in the day. Like I don't yeah. know how. Like it's just, yeah, it's amazing, and it's just like. Once you have that kind of energy, I mean, how do you not take that into other parts of like, especially speaking? Like, always, uh, always, always. I, you know, they th- I've been in places like, here, you can stand on a stage. Oh, no, I'm coming down in the audience because I'm walking around, you know, and I just make sure everyone can see me. And if they can't see me, then out of respect for the audience, I will get up on a stage. But if I, I'm, I'm working, I'm moving on this. I cannot stand still. There's been times where, and I don't wear, I'm not, at my age anymore, all the high impact rows, I cannot wear heels because of what the yeah. high impacts have done to my body. But I've been known to kick my shoes <laughs> off so I can really, I mean, I want to move. I awesome. want to move. Yeah. But everyone needs to find their niche of what that, you know, what that is. Um, you know, you can't come to an event and go, oh my God, Kim Boudreaux Smith is so dynamic on the stage. Well, I grew up on a stage. I, I grew up dancing. I was on a stage dancing. If you're not high energy, high impact, and I speak fast when I'm also delivering a keynote, and you understand me, but I'm speaking fast, but if that's not your jive, don't try to get there. Discover what it is about you, and then let's really caramelize it and get that out there. No, oh, that's super important. I really like that. Is there, is there some things that you do like on a daily basis to let's say a morning routine. I know you mentioned meditation gratitude, but is there for you to have to, to get to that energy level for you to have the best day? I know it's not going to be perfect every day, but if you were to have a perfect day, like what would you, what would be your ideal situation like morning routine wise so that you're like, yes, I have this to do today. I'm going to make sure that this gets done. Well, this is what I do every day. No, there's, there, it just, I just can't get out of this. So my, I have two female black labs. I just do this and they're like, time to eat. And it's like, oh, I did train you like that, didn't I? So up, I feed them, they go out, they come in, I feed them. And once that is done, they go back to bed. That's how I've trained them because now it's my time. So I'm looking at that cup of coffee in my protein bar because I'm a dunker. I don't like donuts. I don't eat donuts. So I eat the protein bar and that's waiting for me. But I do a lot of um, energetic brain gym, um, uh, body neurological um, movements. So I've got one thing that I do um, while the dogs are eating that I do. It grounds me. And I'm the type of person that I know this stuff works, but then I'll get a little cocky after a while and go, ah, I'm not going to do that for a whole week. I stopped doing that particular um, movement for a whole week. And 
not by choice was I on the couch every afternoon at three o'clock. I had to go to the couch and lay down and sleep because I get up early. I'm an earlier riser. So I do this, this movement because I got, I, I want, my body needs to move. And then after I'm done moving, then I sit down and have my cup of coffee and my um, protein bar. I have three books I'm working with right now. They're daily um, inspirational um, things that sometimes I will just sit there. I will read them and I will reflect. Um, I have a journal. I will either grab the journal and sometimes I'll write. Um, a lot of times after sitting there having that coffee and reading the, out of those three books, I f then I feel like, like I might need to come up and come in my office and start answering some emails or something because I people send me emails after nine o'clock at night. I'm, I'm in bed after nine. Yeah. <laughs> don't, I don't do that. So it just depends. Mm. Um, I might be going, okay, forget all of this and I got to get back upstairs and I'm going to get dressed and I'm going to go out for, I got to power walk. I take my eight year old, one of my dogs and her and I are on the trails and we're um, power walking. It just all depends on um, mm. what I need. Awesome. Yeah. I always love hearing people's daily things. Cause some people are strict, strict schedule about certain things. Some people aren't. And it fascinates me to, to, to hear some people have never meditated before. Some people have some, you know, so well, this is awesome. Where, if people want to work with you and learn more about you, let's, uh, where can they find you? Uh, they can come on over to my website at kimbeasandboysmith.com and they can just go on the con contact page or on the website, you can connect with me on social media. If you connect with me on social media, just say, hey, I heard you on Lance's show, just so I know where you're coming from. Oh, awesome. Well, that's great. And I'll, I'll just wrap it up with one more question. And I ask everybody, what is one lesson that adversity has taught you? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I leave the easy ones for the end. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, be myself and accept myself. Just being comfortable with me and accepting me. And it really has taught me by accepting myself. And one of my favorite quotes is Oscar Wilde, um, be yourself, everyone else is taken. Because yeah. literally, be yourself, everyone else is taken, is accepting when I've made mistakes. And I always switch the word mistakes to lessons, um, really living in my integrity um, and stepping in my word and owning if I've dropped a ball, because I'm a huge, if I drop a commitment ball, life is coming to an end. I, I, just, I, have, a, I have an issue around that. Just really owning up to it, getting on the phone or reaching out to the person and owning up to it. I just, just be you and run with it. That's awesome. That's great. I really appreciate you coming and hanging out with us. That was a lot yeah, of fun. I know. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, it was really good. I mean, you got a lot of good insight and it's really interesting, you know, to hear your path and where you are now and, and helping people have more confidence to get through these fears and get rid of the nag in there. I really like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, we'll have everything in the show notes for everybody to come check you out. And yeah, again, thank you so much and looking forward to watching the rest of your journey and see what else you can create. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks everybody. Go check out Kim, follow her, see what she's up to. Go check her out. We've got all the links in the, in the show notes. <laughs> Leave us a review, subscribe. Share it with a friend. Do what you can to help the cause. We want to grow this thing. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Have yourselves an amazing day. We'll catch you next time.